My name is Bengal Gunji. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Elevated Conversations podcast. Previously, these conversations were held among myself, colleagues, and clients. But now, I'm letting you into these conversations in the hopes of inspiring new perspectives and elevating thoughts. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Elevated Conversation podcast. I'm extremely excited about this episode because of our amazing guest. And to introduce our guest, there's a story I want to use as an introduction. Um, is the Talmud of the Jewish people's spiritual, spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the story of creation. And the story goes that when God created uh, mankind and created the world, he said everything was beautiful. And when mm-hmm. it comes to mankind, the angels pushed back and said, you know these people are going to cause you pain. You know all the things they're going to do. Why would you give them so much power and start thinking of them as your masterpiece? And he responded and said, wait and see. They are going to be the best thing I ever did. I guessed in leadership, in humanity, in compassion, in creativity, and what is that? Um, is the best as it's get. And I'm extremely glad to introduce to you all Kenny Marmon of the Girani Coffee House, uh, based in Manassas, Virginia. Uh, there's several sides to him. Uh, beyond a uh, business leader, uh, being uh, in the coffee business, there's the music, there's the heart, and just the all-round person of compassion, of humanity, and extremely excited for the owner to have this conversation also. He is the author of the book on the other side of my dream, uh, which is this business memoir that talk about the journey of starting his own business, giving himself permission to think big, as well as the framework and the process. He was able to convert his own personal pains into power and ultimately to profit. So I introduce to you all, Ken. Ken, how are you doing? Thanks for coming. Oh, oh, thank you for that amazing intro, brother. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well, too. So can you tell can you tell us like what was life like before Girani? So yeah, before Girani, um, I was working in the federal government. Um, so life was easy. Life was good. Uh, money was coming in every two weeks. I didn't have to think about it. Uh, but I also was still. Um, uh, doing uh, real estate. I was a real, I've been a real estate agent for 14 years. So uh, my wife and I, we've been through the, the housing crash. Uh, I got into the federal government right on the other side of the housing crash, which was a blessing. Uh, but I still maintained on the, the uh, real estate and working in the federal government um, before Giovanni. Excellent. So why don't you take us to that defining moment, getting on that train, from Washington, D.C., and tell us that story of the Durani Coffee House. Those oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, yeah, like I said, I was working the federal government, and the whole time, so my wife and I, we own um, over 100 acres of in her hometown of Oxford, Mississippi. So we've been uh, trying to uh, develop that, get that going. Uh, my wife just left her six-figure job to come home and homeschool the kids. Uh, and we had it all planned out. Everything was good. And then one day, what well, we knew we wanted to do some type of business in Northern Virginia, you know, close to us. It's, it's easier when that happens, uh, instead of it being so far away. So I, I get on the train 
coming home one day and I got off, I got off the train in Manassas Park, got into my car. I drove a little bit and as clear as day, I heard something say, open up a coffee house right over there. And at that time it was an abandoned, it wasn't abandoned, but it, it was a commercial space that was never rented. No one never leased it for at that time, three years and it's still not leased. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I know what I heard. Um, you know, I've never really had, you know, something, hear something before. So I know I wasn't crazy. And I'm like, the real estate side of me, it just didn't make sense. I wouldn't advise any of my clients to, to uh, uh, lease one of those spaces because it's been empty for three years. There's no parking. There's, it was a lot of reasons why, you know, I shouldn't do anything there, but I heard a voice. Um, and so it wasn't an audible voice. And we, we're going to do a quick exercise. I want you and your listeners to do this at the same time. So on the count of three, I want you to say your name, but don't say it out loud. Okay, on the count of three, say your name, but say it on the inside. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Okay, that's the voice I heard that said, open up a coffee house right over there. Yeah. You can't deny what you heard. It wasn't an audible voice and God didn't crack the sky and Moses come out of nowhere and say, open up. It was simply a voice that I could not deny. And, and how did I know it was um, of God? People ask me that. Um, it had a peace with it. Mm. Even though it was a lot of unknowns, what I heard had peace. Because mm. uh, at the time, I didn't really drink coffee. <laughs> so it really didn't make sense. So I knew I had to um, uh, go tell my wife. And she just came home, like I told you. And things so, were okay. So what was the conversation telling your wife? Was she like, let's do it? Or what, what is it? I'm interested to know yeah, what yeah. the reaction was. So it was such a big thing. I literally pulled to the side of the road and had to gather myself. Because I knew I had to go home and say, you know, didn't want to want it to be another like big idea and start something new, but I had to face it. So when I went home and I said, hey, I need to talk to you. And I told her the story and I told her what I heard. And she was like, you know, like most women, hey, I don't know about this. You don't you don't even drink coffee. What do you know about coffee? And and everything she said was spot on. It made sense. Um, but I still said. I know what I heard, you know, and she said, I said, just think about it. It don't cost me any money to at least check it out if we can rent the space or find, uh, find out information. So two weeks, uh, so I left that there and then I started doing research, Google, mm -hmm. everything about coffee. And so much is on the internet about coffee, more than you can imagine, uh, the goods, the, the negative, um, but it, it was there. So two weeks later, she said, did you check on that, on that coffee house thing? And I was like, uh, no, but I will. So I hurried up, made some calls, and got the got that process started. Wow, wow. Yeah. Thank you for that amazing story. And, you know, um, when your wife initially pushed back, um, mm -hmm. you went on to do research privately. But why was it that I, approval was very important to this process? Yeah, I, I just knew, like, like I said, my wife and I, we done a lot of business prior to that. And I just, for this particular one, I knew for a fact I needed my whole family support to do it. And so I only went as far as, as her faith was at that time. Mm -hmm. So as her faith grew, I did a little more and it grew more. And at some point there were so many um, 
signs from a spiritual standpoint of God, you couldn't deny like we're, we're supposed to do this. Like when I would just mention it, people would light up, please do it, yes. Wow. I need you to do it, oh, just try. Just everyone kept saying try. People, uh, uh, council members in the uh, city of Manassas Park, the mayor, the, they, once it got out, they were like, please do it, try. Um, wow. I'm like, man, I guess I'm supposed to, you know, open up a coffee house. Wow, wow. Yeah. I like that. And the reason why I also asked the question was because when I met my wife, I was ready to do what I was doing with the business of storytelling. Mm -hmm. and, you know, like a typical um, good wife, good woman, good partner, mm -hmm. she got on board, gave me a thousand and one support. And, you know, one day we're just having this conversation. She said, you know, she kind of, she didn't prepare, just kind of, you know, slipped out of my mouth like, I don't know about story and I said, wait, so what exactly have you been doing? He said, I'm just supporting you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's important to you. I'm just, so it was clear to me, she was the number one person I have to get on board. If yeah. I cannot convince this woman, um, emotions aside, family aside, if it doesn't make sense to this woman as a legit business strategy, I don't know how else I can convince anyone else. Yes. And the moment she got it, the entire business went to a whole level. Oh, it's so important. Yeah, it's so important to have your spouse or significant others support. Um, it, it makes it easy, easier. Mm -hmm. um, but there are times too where you just I, I advise some of my clients, hey, you just have to figure out how to move forward mm -hmm. and carry them along. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it, it's wow. challenging. But with that support, yes, man, I, can paint, I can paint the the whole building. Ah, yeah. the sky is just the starting point. So you talked about multiple times in the book about you hearing this inner voice of intuition, voice mm -hmm. of God, voice of your spirit, however we call it. Um, is there a spiritual practice for you? Because this seems to me as one of your superpowers. Yes. Like, able to like tap within. Is there a process, a spiritual process or practice for you for that? Yeah, uh, I would say, you know, it's very important for me to... Um, you know, make a habit, it's almost a lifestyle of just having conversations uh, with God. And, um, you know, for me, I'm a Christian, you know, so whoever you speak to, <laughs> you know, I'm not getting into that, but it's a daily practice. And, oh, I'm glad you asked this. So one of the uh, things I share with others is how you can build that muscle of, or get used to hearing this voice. We all, at some point, you know, you go home the same way every day. And there's sometimes something tells you not to go that way. And, but the other way is longer. Um, you should ask yourself, why would I keep straight? I need to make this right, get right to the house. So, I, you know, you hear those things, but in those situations, if you pay attention to that little voice that says, don't make a right, go the other way and start going the other way and have peace knowing, wait, maybe I avoided an accident. Maybe, you know, I, I would have got a flat tire if I went that way. Um, you start hearing that voice more and more and start trusting it, you know? So when the big dream comes, you're not, a, you're not shocked. You're familiar with the voice. Mm -hmm. So the more you acknowledge it, the more you hear. Awesome. Um, be, be careful what you're hearing now. Uh -huh. You got to believe it. Uh -huh. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And um, you know, th those voice, you know, that particular voice is so powerful. If you go the other way around, you knew that you know what you heard. And whatever yes. comes after that is on you. <laughs> it's on me. It's on me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So talking about that, there was a chapter in your book. You talked about the fact that you were getting ready to pitch uh, the business to this woman. And I've also heard you talk about it in your live workshops and speaking 
uh, pro, well, your public speaking programs that uh, you, know, you were like, how do I sell this? And again, you heard just tell your story. You yes. Said that you're in the process of raising capital and then you heard don't sell, just tell the story. Oh, okay, yes. you talk about how this storytelling thing came about. Was it just your intuition or the were like books or programs or coaches? How did you stumble into this idea of business storytelling? Yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm so glad you, you mentioned that. You know, coming from my past, and like I said, being a real estate agent and selling all the time, um, it, it kind of just, I, I could feel like in the beginning, I, I would have that sales type of energy and it just didn't feel right with this particular uh, venture. And I was talking to my cousin who, who lives in Hollywood and he's around a, um, a lot of wealthy people. And one day he was like, hey, cuz, I just letting you know, he said, a lot of people with money, investors, that they really don't need your little 5% or 10%. At this point, they want something with meaning, you know? So don't hold back on the story, mm. you know why? They wanna know why. So when he said that, and then I, I accepted that, I was like, man, that's pretty cool. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna tell them the truth, you know? Not that I have it all planned out and it, it seems crazy, but I knew I had to believe my story. Like, I don't have to sell my story. If you just tell it and with passion and what you believe, people were like, I'm in. Mm. I even had one investor say, hey, I don't want, and this was just slides at this time. I created some slides because I've done it in my previous work of the vision. Mm. And he said, I just want part of this legacy. Wow. And I was like, that's when I started. And I, wow, like even at that point, I didn't even see it as a legacy, but mm. this gentleman did. And, you know, it just built the confidence and the story is the key. Just tell the story, wow. tell the story, you know. And, you know, and I like what you said that it's important that you believe the story, the story resonates with you. Yes. Because as a story coach, I can tell you how many people say, banger, I want my story to be that. I want that big moment. I, if your story do not, does not have drama in it, why do you want to create drama? Why you, <laughs> exactly. You know, Man, we don't want to hear it all the time. Yeah, I want conflict. I want the big moment. I want this big, you know, transformational moment. Okay, well, but you don't have that, though. Just tell your own story. Just it's quite important story. how inspirational it is. Do you, is it, does it mean something to you? Then start with that. It is mm -hmm. that energy of conviction that resonates with people. And yeah. you can spot a, a fake from a mile. Like once they in your presence, they feel the energy of your conviction. This is authentic. Yes. This is true. You're coming from the place of power, of authenticity. That speaks volume and that resonates as opposed to just waiting for this drama and conflict. You just don't have it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and to that point, it's I found that people want to, like they say, you put some skin on the table first. Mm -hmm. So whether it's drama or whether it's just truth, they recognize when it's just pure and almost appreciate, man, you, you shared that or she shared that. Mm. And then they'll share a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. the more you put out there first. Exactly. And so telling your story requires you to uh, be a little vulnerable and, yes. and trust the process as a, you know. Yes, the power of vulnerability. Yes. Um, so, you know, staying on that theme of vulnerability, um, you know, there's a study I read by American Express uh, that vast majority of small businesses um, do not cross the $100,000 threshold. 
Um, and one of the reasons they figure out was because the entrepreneurs do not think big enough. Mm. And the, 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 the practice of small thinking or just playing it safe and just trying to get a little bit past survival, you know, mm. becomes this paradigm that created a system that put a glass ceiling on several people's businesses. Yes. I know you're very passionate about thinking big, dreaming big. Can you share with us how entrepreneurs or leaders or anyone can just give themselves permission to dream big? Oh yeah, that's that's so important. You know, I a long time ago I heard uh, someone say this, and it just stuck with me. Um, if if you can do the dream or your vision by yourself, you ain't you're not thinking big enough. You're not dreaming big enough. Um, and and two, and I know we're going to talk about fears and different things, but you know, you start reading all of the stories of all of the billionaires and millionaires, and every last one, you know, they had got to that point where. It was out of it was bigger than what they could ever imagine, or they didn't have all the answers. And I'm I'm just a type of guy, you know, hey, if Benga can do it, I can do it, you know. Uh, there's something in me. He might be able to, you know, take one class. I'm gonna have to take 10, but I can do it if I set my mind to it. I've always felt that. Um, even as a little kid, I always knew somehow, somewhere I was gonna make a living loving people, but I didn't know what that was. Because uh, most of the people, unfortunately, that makes a living loving people uh, don't, you know, aren't really wealthy. Um, teachers and, you know, I go on. Um, but I knew I was going to make a good living loving people. Uh, and, and that I've been holding on to that. So dreaming big. Uh, if you just look what you've been doing. Is that working for you? So living on the edge, uh, living just before the line. I got so tired of like always getting to the fence, getting to the top of the fence, but never crossing over. You know, everything I tried, mm, I would do well. You still get rewards and stuff, but in your spirit, you know, I'm supposed to be over this. And it just, I just need to unlock my thinking process and just allow, allow myself to go there and not, and be okay with not knowing at all. That's the biggest thing. Well, wow, thank you for sharing that. Um, so I know that Jeremy Coffee House has a one-word mission statement of love. Yeah. And with the new normal, first of all, if you can explain, you know, how that came to be. And in the new normal that, you know, social distancing, there isn't as much as physical interaction. So two questions in one. How did that mission statement come to be? And how are you still creatively manifesting that love in your business? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, okay, first I, I consider Jirani a an inspired business. So that's a business that you know that you've got that from something outside of yourself. Like I didn't, I wish I was brilliant enough to come up with Jirani myself, but it it, it was a God-given thing. Um, and, and what does Jirani means? Oh yeah, Jirani in Swahili means neighbor or neighborhood. Okay. So it's neighborhood coffee house. Awesome. Uh, so when you have an inspired business, you can't operate, you know, operate it outside of being inspired. So there's always going to be conflicts. You're always going to be challenged with doing, going down another path than what everyone said, this is where you should go, whether it's in business. But, but the key thing is to know business so you know when you're off the path. So you do got to do your work. But so we were, you know, you, you look up and you say, okay, you write a mission statement. 
and you know, should be two two sentences, two to three sentences short but powerful, and da da da. And we kept me and the team. We were talking, and the word love kept coming up. You know, well, you know, we're gonna love on the community, or you know, people who love coffee and love and love. I'm like, yo, um, just just one word, love. You know, we won't we won't um, define it, but we'll show you mm-hmm. what love is. So that's we got it down. We allowed ourselves to just be different and break the mold of what the book textbook version say businesses should do. Um, but it's allowed me to, again, speak about love just because I have <laughs> that one word. Uh, and I forgot the second, second part to make sure I kept how, it. How are you manifesting? Are you doing that in this new normal of social distancing? Yes. So, you know, Giovanni is a, is a place where people gather, like over the fireplace, the word gathers literally, literally there. And everyone come there, you know, so like your third space. Um, but during COVID, the way we were, we were literally the last, um, for all the restaurants that closed we was the, and stores, we were the last one to open up, open back up in Old Town because a way of loving on our community was to keep them safe because we knew they would come in there. Mm. And the way to love on our employees was to keep them safe because we knew community would come in there with the COVID going on. So you can imagine in the beginning, we didn't have a lot of answers. This thing was killing everybody. We just didn't know. So we're like, as bad as we needed the funds, we just stay closed. Um, because the thing with restaurants, it's like a moving train. Mm. And you stop that train, it costs thousands of dollars to put that coal back in there and pump it back up. Um, so that's why a lot of restaurants was trying their best not to stop. It, it just costs too much. So, but our love for our community and our employees, we, we, we said, oh, you know. Uh, another way, so once we started to open up and then we had the whole Black Lives Matter movement, um, allowed, we were closed, but allowed the members of the community to come in and they could meet in there safely um, to organize and think. And, and I still had the uh, police chiefs and council women and they would come in there and meet them and discuss things at small groups. So I still during, even during COVID and we were shut, I allowed the community to use it to help the community. Wow. Um, but now we're, we've been back open a month now, um, a, a little more than a month, uh, new hours, uh, shorter time and we're still doing the six feet and you know, with the tables and everything. Um, but now we're able to get back to loving on them the way we used to. Excellent, excellent. You know, I think it was page 90 or so in your book, um, you know, you talked about that, you know, in the construction phase of Joanna Coffee House, that this older gentleman, African-American gentleman, you know, came and said, uh, son, you have a responsibility. Can you speak more about that story? Because you didn't quite expand what that responsibility was. And I was yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um so in in the shop, um we have so there's brick walls, there's brick all over. And so we allowed the community to come in and they were begging, like, let us do something. So the, on this one long brick wall, they two-thirds of it, they put the community came in and put the bricks in. And that top third I put in myself because I didn't want anyone to uh uh you know get hurt. And yeah, I could have had the contract to do it, but I know this is a business call and I wanted to put first one, some sweat equity mm. into it. I really, it just felt in my spirit. I, we got to get our nails dirty on this one. So I literally just finished that last brick 
and I, it was dusty in there. I had a mask on, so I stepped outside and to get some fresh air. And this older gentleman, African-American gentleman, he was reading one of the information guide stands uh, right not too far from me. And he looks at me and he says, son, um, what is this? I said, I didn't have to sign up. I said, sir, it's going to be a coffee house for community. And he said, what is it? I said, it's going to be a coffee house, sir. He said, you know what you got? I'm like, uh, coffee house? He said, you know what you got? And he pointed at the Manassas train station. And he said, do you know slaves were sold there? And now you're here. You got a responsibility. And I started crying in front of this gentleman. And I said, thank you, sir. He's walking away. You got a responsibility. And I knew that day that this place was going to be special. I didn't know all that's going on it right now. I really had no idea all was going to be happening in it. I didn't know that I would get people coming up to me saying, never close this place. You know, hey, I was going to, I was dealing with depression. I was going to kill myself. I came in here and got healed. And I'm like, got a responsibility and then the, the whole you know black lives matter and then the community is coming in and community you know i just had senator in the last week the last two weeks i had a senator and a councilwoman doing roundtables at a black caucus meeting there before and i was like i got a responsibility so that's you know um so yeah to pinpoint it i got a responsibility to love i got a responsibility to allow those that need it to use that space to let them use that space sometimes even if it doesn't bring me uh, income immediately, you know, it comes back in other forms. So uh, it's a broad stroke with that responsibility, um, but I always, I go back to that story when it gets hard. Wow. Just remember where, you know, I'm thank you for allowing me to share that. No, no, thank you so much for sharing that story. And, you know, also the insight I'm taking from that story was, you know, sometimes we have this leading uh, we have this intuition to do something. You were just inspired to do that brick wall yourself. You could have hired a contractor. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're willing and ready to help with that. Mm -hmm. but you didn't even know there's going to be a stronger connection. To yes. At that time, you know, so yes. when that responsibility, you know, what is going on right now, I think it's even a more important story to be told, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in that sense of mission. Um, that we all should have. So thank you very much yes. uh, for, for sharing that story. Um, mm. so, so another question I want to ask you in still in the spirit of construction, everything, um, at the very core, you're still a real estate property wealth building person. Um, so what is like one wisdom that real estate continue to live with you or has taught you or that insight you've taught, you've taken away from, business, from real estate business? Oh, real estate, yes. So, um, well, the one thing about real estate is um, that's the one thing that we can't make any more of. So if you get a piece of it, you know, uh, you hold on to it, try to acquire it. Uh, real estate, if you, all of the people who are wealthy or well-off in their portfolio is real estate, some type. So that's kind of, it's like an open book test if we really, lift, you know, look around as to how to do it or what, what are some of the things we need to get. Um, real estate, um, yeah, it's something I will always, always have my hand in, some type of real estate. Uh, um, it's also uh, a good way to, to acquire wealth quickly, mm. you know? 
whether you're on the agent side or you're an investing side, uh, you know, you, you hear me so many TV shows now about flip my house and, you know, they make it seem easier than what it is. <laughs> it's not that easy, but it is that profitable at times. I mean, you buy a house for 200,000 uh, and then, um, you know, 30 days, 45 days, you sell it for 230. Where else can you make 30,000 in 60 days? Wow. It just, I mean, literally people, and that was on the low end, but people are doing that. Wow. Even in this economy, even in Northern Virginia, uh, in the DMV area. So, wow. yeah, that's my takeaway with real estate. So, like, you know, it's an open secret that in real estate, um, you know, you hear about OPM, other people's money. You don't necessarily have to have a lot of money. But that seems a little bit not real for the average person who hasn't yet gotten into it. So yeah. how, what would you say to someone like, I see, I hear, I, saw, I see the movies, I read the books, I get Kenny, talk about all this wealth, beautiful, I don't know how, I don't know if this is true. <laughs> what was the starting point for anyone to get into it? Yeah, I would say um, really talk to a real estate professional. Okay. You know, uh, whether it's most real estate agent, no best investors. Get to them um, and see what information they, they can provide you. The thing is, a, a lot of this stuff is true. Um, you know, wholesaling, flipping houses, um, you know, buying, you can have, you know, several houses and put them on your LLC. You hear all of this stuff, but you got to find your niche of foreclosures. So, you know, I'm not a big research person and I don't want to sit at the courthouse and look through files and you know so going at the foreclosures or you know stuff like that that that's not my niche um but in real estate it's about finding what's your niche with that matches with your personality that matches your risk level so it's all different risk levels on the different things that you hear on the, on the tv and it's no there's no guarantees um people lose their shirt on real estate <laughs> they lose it uh you know uh, so, you know, but speaking to a real estate professional, someone that's actually doing it, that actually make money doing it or have lost money, mm. there's a lot of education in someone that lost a lot of money in mm. anything. Talk to them. Um, okay. Just be careful not to allow them to transfer their fears onto you. Got just it. get the information. Got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. so you're going to find your niche. You're going to find some form of a coach mentoring that. Yes. Pretty much you have to get in that community. I think that's what I'm you know, the good book says, if you walk with the wise, you'll be wise. If you walk with a real estate guy, you'll be a real estate guy. It really is. Yes, you just gotta find a way to get in that community. Get in, yes. Awesome, awesome. So let's, let's get back to, uh, on the other side of my dream, your book. Um, you know, you shared some very personal, vulnerable, mm -hmm. emotional experiences in your personal story of loss. Mm -hmm. uh, and with the pandemic, a whole lot of families, businesses are closing down, people are losing loved ones. Um, you know, recently, you know, there was a loss of a loved one in my own family. So, um, you know, thinking about it, even, it's a little bit emotional. So what would you say to those who are going through this pandemic with some form of pain, um, yeah. any coping survival strategy, or just even sanity, just to keep saying that you can share with uh, the people? Yeah, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, it was so heavy, a lot of the losses, and it just didn't make sense of the timing. 
but again, just listening, and I just thank God for the the message. But I heard, I'm gonna have uh, you're gonna have to love yourself through this pain. I mean, you're gonna have to love your way through this through the pain. I'm like, oh, you know, uh, and I'm still doing it. I'm still in the whole grieving process. It's, it's a life thing. But just loving, you know, then you start asking, well, what does that mean for me? Um, you know, loving myself through the pain. Lo first of all, loving myself, love yourself, and loving others through it. And uh, in hindsight, not knowing, if you believe that everything is already done, you know, like it says, you know, and in the good book, uh, when I look back, it, it has been the dream. So, uh, you know, the dreams and visions that you have that allows you to, you hold on to them through these tough times, whatever that is for you, something, you gotta hold on to something bigger than yourself during these tough times to help you get through it. It's been the dream. Without Durrani dream, I, I don't know how. Mm -hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I would have got a, you know, uh, a way out during that time, but it's just thinking of, of, of the, the, the bigger thing and not focusing so much like on all of what I'm experiencing at that time has really, the dream pulled, is pulling me, has pulled me through, you know, the tough times. So that's why I think, you know, awesome. we get different visions and, and, and dreams, awesome. ways of escape. Wow. So you gotta love your way through the pain. Um, mm -hmm. You gotta find a way to uh, have some form of gratitude in the sense that you still having the privilege of life to go through it. Mm -hmm. um, and you are not the loss. So I think yes. that shift of perspective. And also, you also, you, you got to find a way to reconnect back to the overarching vision and to the overarching dream and let that be some kind of anchor that continues yes. to be so um, important. That's what I'm getting from that. Um, yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So talking about, uh, because right now as a coach, one of the conversations I've been having with clients is how do we reimagine a new reality for the business? Uh, you know, this pandemic is moving an existing business into a new industry. Some of them swimming, some of them sinking, some of them surviving. So are you getting clarity in terms of the future of, you know, Ken Marmon as a business leader, Girani mm -hmm. House as a business? Is this process kind of giving you a new perspective in any form or shape? Yeah, um, it has definitely made me realize, and it's all around us, if you, if you want to see it, um, the importance of shifting or, you know, as, as a business person, um, it, as far as survival, um, there, there's no arrival. Uh, just, just looking around, I, I see, um, I see like uh, Best Buy, you know, you know, during this pandemic, you see how they shifted where we used to go in there to get electronics, bulk items. And then quickly, all the majors, they set it up where, oh, curbside, bringing it out to you, pre-order. And I start seeing all of the major companies making these shifts. And it's like, wow. Okay, now how can it? So I started questioning myself more. Like, okay, at my level, what can we shift in Joanna? What do we do uh, uh, that's a little different, especially a place where, People come here to gather. Now they can't come in here. How are you going to make it? That's what I would hear. How are you going to, now what you're going to do um, over and over. Uh, one, I, I had to trust that because Jorani is so community that my community would support it when it's time, when we started back up. 
uh, not throw all of the great things that happen out, out the back door, maintain those, and try to see what else can we do? As a, what else can we do to improve it? So when they do come back, it's even better experience, you know? Um, so we did that. We started working on uh, the building itself. We, we just were so busy, we didn't have time to redo the floors, paint it, uh, and even people, we got blessed, people painted the place for us. Uh, it was just amazing. Um, we looked at our menu, we changed our menu around a little more. Now we, we, we make pizza in Girani and wings, uh, you know, so there's no pizza in Old Town Manassas. It is now. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it's just personal pan, but it's just delicious. Not a whole lot, but just right. So we started doing a little shifts. Um, now there are some, I really, this is what I believe, no matter how much technology you get going on, there's some businesses that really require as humans, we wanna look, we wanna touch, we wanna smell. I believe coffee houses will be here forever. I don't care, cause we need to touch and see each other. We can only go through the drive through so much, you know? Um, and I think it's, with that said, really understanding and knowing your business and foreseeing where your business is going to be. I heard the other day, I've been hearing it, I think we all slowly, but they were like, okay, it's like a million truck drivers. You said, well, what are they going to do? They're going to start, you know, having the, uh, the robots drive the trucks. What are these truck drivers going to do? They need to start shifting now because it's coming, you know. So you, you got to start looking. You know, you hear about the five-year plan and 10-year plan and in your business, you need to start, see how is technology going to affect your business? and the advantages of, of your business if it doesn't, you know? So I know coffee houses, people are gonna need to gather no matter what. We need to touch and smell each other and get close, wow. <laughs> smell the coffee, right? Absolutely. And you know, like, you know, what that means for me uh, in the coaching business is one of the shifts that I've been able to make. I recently hired a customer engagement specialist. Mm -hmm. We went through the language together and said, I need you to call every single one of my clients and tell them that Benga said he appreciates you in this pandemic <sighs> that you're investing, you're choosing him as your coach. And I just want to let you know that you still have the right access to him. In any way, I can be of a resource. This is my email, this is my number. But wow. once again, we appreciate you. Every single one called me back. And say this is so thoughtful. Wow. So <laughs> that is brilliant. Ooh, that's amazing nugget. I'm gonna take that one. Okay, okay, please, please. You know, because I thought of that because people are making the pattern for making financial decision now. Is it essential? Mm -hmm. So whatever you do in this pandemic, if anybody invests in your business, they are telling you you are essential, you're important. Yes. You're treating them the same way. So that was the shift I thought I needed to make. And, and I'm, still, I'm still going strong on that. That's awesome, man. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. So what, what, I know it's my interview. I'm curious to know, <laughs> how did you know to do that? No, the theme I was operating, the contest was gratitude. Got it. Yes, I was like, angry because I, I, you know, we are on a podcast or an interview together. And the truth be told, I just have to manufacture something to say we're all in the pain. It's a great time in business. You know, yeah. um, definitely there's been some deep, but I'm grateful for what I compared to my competitor, my colleagues. The fact that my doors are still open, my revenues are still strong, 
I'm very grateful for that. But now a deeper level of thinking and gratitude, who is responsible for that? Are you showing them that gratitude? So I thought this was something that must be done. You know, it's great. So that is great. From gratitude. Really good. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Um, and also, lastly, I know that you know there is the multiple side to the man called Ken moment. You know, there's the yeah. music side, there's the community side, there's the you know we're speaking in, there's the political side. We're speaking that out. <laughs> I know, right? I've been running from that one. Uh, okay. 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 <laughs> Um, so can you tell us all the aspects of, you know, your brand that a lot of people do not even know? Because I think your brand is so much in such a way that you have several communities and these people might be even be surprised to know, oh, this, you know, so can you tell us all the aspects of your brand that you're passionate about? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we have the, you know, the business side, we have the, you know, coffee houses and more coming, uh, real estate you know, all forms of real estate. I'm always going to do that. Uh, but the other side is a lot of people don't know. And I do it a couple of times a year. Like, I love to sing and singing has been, you know, one of my passions. Uh, somewhere around the age of 23, um, I'm 49 now, I just started singing. So I didn't grow up a singer. I played basketball. And uh, it, I know it's a gift. Um, even if, even though I don't think I have the best voice, but some people enjoy it. So every couple of times a year, I, I sit in with a band at the shop. Or, or uh, I think last year I sang with a band at the uh, Manassas Jazz Festival. So that was a great experience. Uh, you know, so I just really love that. And then, you know, mentoring others um, uh, in business. Uh, I love the arts, you know. So I was ex exposed to the arts later, you know. Uh, I didn't know there was a, a um, Broadway until I was 16 and I live in Philadelphia, you know, area. I'm only two hours from New York. So it just didn't make sense. So I really wanted to be exposed to arts to, you know, other young, younger people, my daughter, my son, they're all into the arts. Um, so that's really what I love to do. Um, and then this, this is good. So a lot of people are entrepreneurs. I'm sure we've all heard people say, you're doing too much, you're doing all this, you know? And I heard Steve Harvey say, he was like, you know, people are always gonna tell you you're doing too much, especially the ones that's not doing anything, right? So of course you're doing a lot. Um, he said, but, you know, if you look at Steve Harvey, you look like, if you look at like T.D. Jakes, you know, they might be doing a whole lot, but they, it's all centered around what yeah. they do, you know. Um, so even for me, you know, I'm, I got businesses and all that, but it's all centered around me loving people. Mm -hmm. I'm called to love people. So as long as it's in that vein, wow. you know, it's going to give back to people, you know, um, allow me to get to people and it's going to pay me to do that. Wow. That's what it is. You know, I'm not, you know, doing basket weaving. I'm not laying cement, you know, great, great, you know, endeavors, but it's all around business, touching people, giving of myself, loving people. So I encourage others to do that. Find that one thing you do and create streams of revenue all around that single thing. If you love to speak, you know, that's what, um, that's what uh, T.D. Jake says. I, I speak. I have the gift of speaking. Everything I do, around speaking and you know, it's amazing so wow wow yeah. you know um i thank you so much for sharing that you know one of the things um i conversation i love to have is have, have helping people find out that one thing and yes. that, and i've seen the transformation that happens when you're able to boil it down to this is one thing i do 
And that one thing, as you said, inherently has a multiple facets of expression. And those expressions become streams of income, streams of impact, streams of influence. Mm -hmm. and, it's just, and it goes on and on, on and on yes. and on. Um, and also one of the things I've realized coming from that place of wanting, living life on purpose, it just makes every decision just in sync. Yes. Take this decision, yes. you see how that impacts seven other things. Yep. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and one of the things that I've been challenging people, particularly in this time, you got to go back to your core. You got to find, don't, this distraction is coming to take you away from that. Yes. Your superpower is that one thing. So I, I'm glad that, you know, you spoke to us about that. Yeah. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Uh, I just want to let you close us house with like, you know, how people can reach you, what you have coming up, and, you know, final thoughts you want to share with uh, the audience. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, this has been an amazing opportunity. And, and two, I just want to let everybody know, you know, every, every um, business person, you should have a consultant. You should have, you know, so Binga, you know, I even brought him on. Even in my story, he's helped me refine things. I've taken his class. And there's more that I have to do with him, but uh, brother, you are blessed. You, 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 you bless a lot. I hope others realize the importance of, it's worth the investment. Um, sure. You have to do it. Um, but I can be reached at KenMormon.com uh, and it's Ken Mormon official on uh, all social media. And uh, man, so what's, what's next? Right now, speaking of pivoting, well, for the last two years, I forgot to mention this, the last two years, we've been doing live streaming our events. And it, it was ahead of our time because most people didn't really get it. They didn't know how we were doing it. Then COVID happens and now everyone has to use some form of live streaming. So we've been live streaming a lot of concert events, a lot of nonprofit um, organizations. Now they, they have to raise money. So we're doing the events, live streaming now, recording and live streaming. So the, Giovanni is now a live streaming recording studio as well um, as everything else it does. So, and cause we can't have events right now. So, well, you can come in and record it. Wow. Yeah. So I just want to leave everyone with, again, you know, I always say that dream big, but don't just dream big, do what you see. Awesome. So that is it. Dream big, yes. do what you see. Thank what you so see. much. Once again, and I said in the introduction, God said, wait and see. And I hope you've all seen the master, uh, the masterpiece of God's creation in Amen. the Ken moment. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Thank you too. Thank you for tuning into the Elevated Conversations podcast. And just remember, conversations create miracles, and you're only one conversation away from the next breakthrough. I will talk to you next time. Bye.